Welcome to Meet, Act, and Part, a Masonic podcast hosted by Midnight Freemasons, Greg Knott, Darren Larners, Todd Friesen, and Bill Hostler. to another exciting episode of Meet, Act, and Part. Hey, we're already at episode 42. You believe that? Meditations of Flawed Freemasons. I don't know, something like that. That's going to be our title. We decided to have a little fun this episode and talk about a variety of things as we're getting towards the uh, end of the year. Anyway, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Greg Knott, one of your hosts. And I'm Bill Hostler, and I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Darren Lanners. Yeah, Darren's also my intern, but we're going to save that for our own special episode about internships. I think you should just break it open. I don't know that the the normal listener knows the story behind me being your intern, Greg. So I think now that you you breached the topic, just just go with it. Well, and I guess since we're talking about flawed Freemasons, that's probably a very appropriate topic. So. Darren has been a Freemason for 10 or 11 years now, Darren. I can't remember. You just passed your... I just passed my 10th anniversary being raised on the 28th of November. So, for those 10 years, and actually a few years before that, though I'm not not sure he and I really uh, labeled it as such, Darren has been uh, my intern. Now, you got to wonder, how can somebody be so inept to be the intern for 10 years? But Darren has filled that role flawlessly. And so it kind of began when he and I were uh, Cub Scouts as leaders, and Darren would help on various things. And then uh, he was one of the guys that filled out a petition when he was still a scout leader for the lodge. And he just kept helping. And and, uh, at some point in time early, I think it's been quite a while, Darren, we coined you as my intern. And one of the funny things is uh, (laughs) Darren always thought he'd get out of it. But then a couple of our other brothers in Ogden Lodge, Denver Phelps and Steve Hooper, uh, kind of have those same roles. And Darren, what was your observation about who? Uh, my observation about uh, Brother Hooper was that he is a Denver Phelps intern. So I then saw that uh, I would be, as you had continued to remind me perpetually, your intern, Greg. Yeah. So it's worked out extremely well from my point of view. And so I would encourage. Any Freemason, if you can find an intern, and Darren's intern for life, to go ahead and sign them up. It's uh, There's no cost. You provide a little bit of guidance. Every once in a while, I give Darren a beer, and uh, he just performs almost flawlessly. So, Darren the intern. Well, and the funny thing is, is that when he does mess up, you know, it's been a joke among the Midnight Freemasons that when Darren does mess up, that he gets put in the sonic jail for a certain amount. Yes, of that's right, Bill. I'm glad you brought that up. One time, uh, Darren and I went to this little town, and they were moving an old printing press. Doesn't everybody go to a little town and watch a move a printing press on a Saturday afternoon? Well, Darren and I did, but in this town, the town jail, which was a one-cell or two-cell cage, still existed. And so... I thought it was appropriate that we put Darren in jail. And, of course, I took a picture of it. And so, as Bill indicated, that's been sort of our midnight Freemason joke that when Darren is uh, underperforming, he gets put in 
Masonic jail. I would say not only in the performing when I write about topics that, let's just say, cause Freemasons to be oversensitive. Uh, I get put in Masonic jail, uh, so I'm usually there quite often, I think. You know, it almost makes me think we should probably sue Facebook because we probably originated the idea of, of going to jail in that aspect before they did. So we, we were actually pioneers in this. May not have known it, but I think free or Facebook owes us something, I'm sure. Well, you'll have to sue their parent company, Meta, now. But yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So, so anyway, so Darren's the intern. You know, you've all heard of probably Mike, the intern from Masonic Roundtable and others. So uh, it's Darren, the intern, though we don't, you know, he's a different type of intern than Mike was. So, but anyway, we appreciate it. We have a good time with it. And Darren and I were talking earlier today. I said, you know, we need to have some fun at meetings again. It's time to laugh. You know, the last couple of years have been serious, have been tough on everybody. And so tomorrow night, St. Joe Lodge meeting, at least as we record this, we're going to meet. And I've heard that Santa Claus and one of his elves are going to show up. So we're going to have a little bit of fun with Santa and the elf. And I'll bet our internet guru, Bill Hostler, will be able to find some pictures of Santa and the elf. And they'll probably be on our Facebook page within a few days. I've already got feelers out for it going right now. I'm sure I'll have them very soon. That's good. Okay, so let's laugh. Let's have a little bit of fun. Again, this is uh, one of our less scripted episodes. and just going to talk about uh, some things. Actually, Darren and Bill are uh, involved with coming up. Really some big news. And I'm going to start with Bill. Uh, Bill, I, I didn't even know until I saw it on a Facebook post. I think you had, I know you had alluded to it earlier, but you have been working on putting a book together and you kind of did a pre-announcement this week on Facebook and I saw what uh, looked like a, a book cover. And if you wouldn't mind, why don't you tell us the name of the book and uh, what that focus is? Okay, well, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, actually, I've Ever since I've started writing, I've had many people ask me to write a book and probably a lot more that asked me not to. <laughs> but I decided it's finally time that I should take bull by the horns and go ahead and do it. And so what I've done is I've wrote a comp compilation of a lot of the things that I've written over the years. On Some of them are from the Midnight Freemasons, some of them has been in print. And I've kind of compilated them together and put them in the form of a book. And it's going to be called Meditations of a Flawed Ashler. We went through several different ideas for titles. It was going to be the scribblings and meanderings of a, of a crazy man and different things like that. We decided to go a little more normal. But as it goes right now, it should be released either by this Friday at the, at the end of this taping or by the next Monday. But they should definitely be ready for Christmas. Just keep that in mind. And right now it's going to be put out in paperback and hard, or excuse me, paperback and Kindle. And I'm pretty pleased. It's It's been something I've thought about for a long time. And it's really strange, the idea of me being a published author. I mean, I've, got, I've been published in Masonic magazines all over the world. And that's a neat feeling in itself to actually have a book in your hand with your name on it. It's just mind-blowing. I know that some people like RJ, he's had lots of them, but it just blows my mind. And I really hope that people enjoy it. And I don't know what to say. I, just, I hope I want to thank everybody that in advance who does purchase it. 
So, Bill, how? Let me ask you the basics first. How can one purchase the book once it's available? Will it be on Amazon or what? Will be the and it seems right now it's just going to be on Amazon and in the Amazon store and in the Kindle store. And I think I'm going to put a, I'm going to have links on my website uponthesquare.com and on my writer's page on Facebook. So you know there'll be many of avenues to be able to pick it up. So and I'm going to definitely make sure that people can see it on social media. So it definitely will be out there. Bill, I think it's awesome. And in prior episodes, it's been a while. I think we one of the conversations we were having was about the 50-year Mason series at the time. But one of the things you talked about was you never had envisioned yourself as an author, but yet people kept encouraging you, coaching you, you know, pulling it out of you. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? I do have some talent. You may not be the next Dan Brown, but so what? You you you've worked on it. You've gotten better. You you you're expressing your thoughts. You're doing you know putting creative ideas on there, and the ability to come that far to put it into a book format that's available for worldwide distribution. I think it's awesome. I want to tell you I'm proud of you. I think it, it's just great to see you doing that, and uh, I think you ought to be commended for how far you've come on that. Well, thanks, Greg. It really is mind-blowing. And yeah, I never would have dreamed of anything like this. You know, if you told me I was going to be an author 10 years ago, I would have never believed it. And it's just, it blows me away. I was going to say something, but it's just completely taken me off my, just talk. This is the first time I've really talked about it in public. And so I know that eventually, you know, it'll become old hat. But now this doesn't include the 50-year member series. I have an idea I'm going to have a whole compilation of the 50-year member series, plus some that I haven't published. And I think when it's time to actually end the 50-year member series, I'm going to put that in book form. And I'm going to, and so you'll be able to read the ending in the book. I know how it's going to end. I just haven't gotten to the point where I'm ready to basically put it to bed yet. I think maybe... The old man and Pudge still have a few stories to tell, but when that time comes, they're going to tell their final story and book form. Yeah, I think it's it's cool. And I guess one of the questions I would have for you, because you you you've accomplished something that I've I've thought about. I can't tell you how many times I just haven't sat down to do it, is to try to do one of these as well. But what finally kind of kicked you off the ledge, and then what kind of process did you have to go through in terms of you know? putting it together, hoops did you have to go through, et cetera. Describe a little bit about how you got to, here we are at, right at the point of the release of it. Well, surprisingly, the first, the hardest thing was making sure I had plenty of content to fill a book because I hadn't been writing that long when people started asking me. I talked to a friend of mine in England who works for the Square magazine, Pippa Folks, and she told me, well, you have to have so many pages that, you know, available to actually make it worthwhile. And it's like, well, geez, I don't know if I'll ever have that many. And so I've just been working on it for all these years and just kind of stowing things away. And Kindle slash Amazon really makes it easy to write a book. They, You go over there, you sign up for Kindle Direct Publishing, and they have these templates to where you can take all your content and you place it within these templates. And then if you can find somebody who is a good editor, a book editor, they can go up and they can take it and make sure it fits within these templates. And so it looks correct. And if you find an editor who can make sure that the you know, spelling is correct and that the, it's formatted correctly, that it, it looks good, it looks professional, and that it, 
is ready to be published. And then you figure out what you want to do for the cover. And it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do for the cover because it seemed like for the longest time, everybody put out a Masonic book that just had the same basic idea. They'd take a, a black cover with a square and compass in it. And I just thought, that just looks so silly. And it just looks like everybody else has done. I want something different. And it took me forever to fi- finally figure it out. And then I realized one day what I wanted to do. And so I talked to some brethren back in my hometown in Fort Wayne. And I asked them if they would go over and take photographs of the Corinthian room of the Fort Wayne Masonic Temple. That's the temple. That's the room that I was raised in, that I served as master of my lodge. And I took some other, I took my past master's degree in that room. I took a lot of my York Rite degrees in that room. And I thought that was the room that I wanted to feature as my cover. And it's also, in a way, kind of interesting because that was also the same room that Brother Dave Thomas, uh, the founder of Wendy's, took his degrees in with um, Saldy Bayless Lodge. You know, you know, we can't compare each other. I mean, he's a lot more famous than I'll ever be. But I still think it was a perfect picture for the front of that cover. And I'm really amazed how well that turned out, that the picture was perfect that they took. And they gave me the option of several of them, and I took what I thought was the best one. And so I turned that into somebody who does photo, uh, photo covers for for a, a living, and they made this beautiful cover. And I placed that with the Kindle, and you know, uploaded everything, and it just it just you know a little bit of working on it, and it, it's going to be placed on sale here pretty soon once all the you know once it's reviewed and make sure that it's, it's you know they can say that well it's placed correctly that there's nothing nefarious about it. And that you're going to be, that you're not doing anything wrong. And then once they realize that you know you're doing what you say you're doing, and that you're not writing anything bad in it, then it'll be out for available for sale. Yeah, that's awesome. The the cover does look fantastic. If and if anybody wants to take a, a preview of it, if you go to Bill Hostler PM uh, on Facebook, you will find it. And he's got both uh, the bound cover version and the Kindle version cover. That you can see in that Corinthian Lodge room is beautiful. That it's got a dark blue uh, carpet that just to me just makes it pop. And so, Bill, I think you did a great job on uh, picking that cover. Yeah, that room is just—it's one of the most beautiful I've ever seen. It's got twenty-foot high ceilings. It's sixty foot long by forty foot wide, and you know, it's just—it's. So it's 100 years old here pretty soon, and I've never seen many lodge rooms. That, and, well, I guess maybe I'm a little biased, but I've never seen many lodge rooms that actually can match it, you know, other than maybe a grand lodge building in some of these major cities. But it'll always be my mother lodge home. And then, and so it's always going to have a special place in my heart no matter what lodge I belong to. But, yeah, it's, I thought it was the perfect place to have on my cover. Yeah, looks looks great. and. I got to ask you, you do like hamburgers, though, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, it's funny because um, right on across the alley from the Masonic Temple is a Wendy's, which I always thought was kind of funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I worked there as, as manager of the temple, I would cross the, the alley and I'd go have lunch there. And there was a story that they wanted to honor Brother Thomas in the building one night. They had this great big party, and they had catered in food and stuff, and Dave was there, and they had Dee Malay and Job's daughters serving the food. And, I mean, you know, the 14, 15-year-old kids. And 
Dave went up and he thanked all these kids for doing their job, uh, doing their part. And he asked me, he says, well, have you guys eaten tonight? They go, well, no, we haven't. Been, we didn't leave anything to eat. He said, so he took all these kids across the, you know, out through the kitchen, down the stairs, across the alley, over to the, to the Wendy's, across this alley. And he walked in and he talked to the manager. He said, you give these kids whatever they want to eat, put them on my tab. And I can about imagine that manager on duty at that time, he about freaked. I can just about imagine to have Dave Thomas just walk in out of the blue <laughs> into that into his store and then say, hey, give these kids anything they wanted. <laughs> but I thought, you know, that just says what kind of man that, you know, what he was, you know. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of yeah. people in that town that remember Dave Thomas and said he was a great man. Yeah, he's got a, a great story that we should go into sometime, but... uh he was very. He was a very generous person, and his legacy. If you go into Wendy's, they're still telling his story, and uh, so I'm. I think part of the there's probably a, a Wendy's Foundation or a Dave Thomas Foundation that's still, uh, you know, making impact uh, in the world. So anyway, I knew you had something in common with him, and that had to be the hamburgers because I like Wendy's hamburgers too. Well, if you look at me, you can tell I've ate a hamburger or two. I thought you were a vegan, Bill. All these years, and now I find out the hard way. <laughs> well, I'm a social vegan. I don't like to meet anybody, so it's kind of the same thing. That'll make those book signings really awkward, Bill. Okay, so Bill's book, Meditations of a Flawed Ashler, will be available soon on Amazon in both print form and Kindle form. And uh, again, you can go to Facebook on his page and take a look and like he said, when he gets everything in the, the 100% category and it's going to be released, he'll do a, a lot of social media to uh, to publicize that. So, again, Bill, from Meet Acton Park, from Midnight Freemasons, and from just, frankly, two of your Masonic buddies, congratulations on a Thanks, guys. Book. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, Bill, if I can share, I've actually, Greg, I've actually read Bill's book. It is uh, really uh, a great work from the heart. Uh, Bill put a lot of the love and his humor into it, and I think it's uh, it's a great read, and uh, I encourage anybody who's a Freemason, from a novice to the most experienced Freemason, I think there's some, some lessons to be learned in the book and the way Bill presents them with some of his I believe some of the stories are fiction bill maybe you can correct me maybe they're maybe they're not but the way that you present some of the lessons I think are are really really special so I think you did it you knocked this one out of the park now some are some are fiction yeah some are fiction some are just my jaundice and twisted view of the world <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less bill so good job so all right so that's the first kind of big announcement. The second is Darren is involved as one of the speakers at the Double Eagle Con, which is coming up in Chicago on, I believe, December 18th. And it's, uh, it's got a really a great lineup of, of speakers, including Darren. Though Darren, he, you know, doesn't like to tout his own horn very much, but we can do that because this is our podcast. And uh, Darren, if you don't mind, why don't you tell us a little bit about the event, what you're speaking on, and then we'll uh, we'll unpeel it from there. Okay, so a few months ago, our good friend Robert Johnson 
asked me if I would be willing to speak at an event at the Valley of Chicago and didn't really give me much more detail than that. And uh, lo and behold, uh, they were putting together this Double Eagle Con. And it's a one-of-a-kind event in, in my mind because all of the speakers are going to be speaking on topics that are Scottish Rite-centric. And we'll have both jurisdictions represented there. We'll have speakers like Michael Pohl, Chuck Gunning, Bob Davis, Joseph Wegas, myself, our good friend Steve Harrison. Uh, we're all going to be speaking about um, various topics that are uh, Scottish Rite centric. Uh, the topic that I'll be speaking on is how the core values of the Northern Masonic jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite are similar to the values that one would find in someone who is a mature male. And I'll be talking about how these core values interact with male friendship, how they help form stronger male friendships, and I'll be talking about a little bit about also how they lead to uh, mentoring other individuals and and or how to become uh, an intern like I am for somebody like Craig Knott. But in any case, uh, that's what that's what my presentation is going to be focused on. Uh, and I believe that I believe all the speakers have been announced and uh, their tickets obviously still available. I want to say that the early bird special just ended on those tickets, but you get three meals, I think eight speakers, uh, all in one day for, uh, I think that the price now is maybe $125 to $150. The early bird special, I think, was $100, 90 or 100 uh, I would encourage anybody who's in the Chicago area or close by to, to try to, to make it. I think it's going to be a great uh, day. And I'll just, quite frankly, awestruck by the amount of Masonic knowledge that's going to be in one area. And so Darren has given his talk, or at least part of it, to a couple of our local lodges. And uh, so I've got to hear it both times. And, and the way at least he presented it in the Blue Lodge he went through it, but then we had a discussion. And, and what was interesting was he presented, oh, he presented it at Royal Arch and then presented it at Homer Lodge. The discussion kind of went different directions each time. And it was a few of the same brother, but not totally in the crowd. And I think that's what's cool about it is that you can come up with a topic, in this case, um, the one Darren is uh, presenting, and then you engage other people and you just don't know where it's going to go. It's kind of like this podcast tonight. You know, we're, we're throwing out some ideas and seeing where our conversation goes. The neat thing is, though, you're learning from other people. You're hearing their ideas. You're hearing things um, from them that maybe they wouldn't even normally share because either the lodge meeting isn't conducive to that kind of a, a facilitated conversation or the topic has just never come up. And so, Darren, I would be curious, what do you think? of those conversations we've had and, and, you know, the fact that I think you presented those ideas and was, you know, somewhat some of the Masonic core values you were focusing on or the Scottish Rite core values. And uh, what were your thoughts those nights that you gave those uh, presentations? 
So for me, and, and this goes with any education that I present, the whole idea of why I write or why I give educational presentations is to get brothers thinking and to get, you know, hopefully them looking at subjects from maybe a different point of view or different, different reference points. So I'm always so pleased, especially with the, the, the guys we have at, at, both Homer and Royal Arch, and as you said, a lot of those overlap. A lot of the a lot of the guys there, I would say, probably aren't. I wouldn't say are ones that are big into education, but they definitely support ever all our efforts there at at Homer, whether it be through our admiration chapter, our Royal Arch chapter there, or with Homer Lodge itself. And like I said, I, I think that the thing that pleases me the most or gives me the most joy is is when I can get those conversations going and get the, the brethren to, you know, tell me their opinion. Whether they think I'm right or wrong is, you know, I, I don't have an ego. I don't I don't uh, take offense if they, they think that I'm wrong, but uh, just getting the conversation going and, and just, uh, you know, getting those ideas out and, and watching then the other brethren, you know, think about those topics that are thrown out in the conversation and adding their own input. Uh, That's the way that we learn about each other as brothers. And it really, 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 those are, to me, those are the, the, the best times I have in Freemasonry, to be quite honest, is are those conversations that we have after an educational piece, whether it be one I give or somebody else gives. Yeah. And so just like, Bill, you know, we talked about his progression of not realizing he could write in terms of being an author, and then he put all those pieces together. I've also watched Darren from the same aspect that from coming into the Blue Lodge as a member, and I I really don't even know how we got into education or in terms of, of Darren, you being involved, but I know you became involved with the Midnight Freemasons. And then you got a little bit deeper, you did some presentations, and it's just kind of evolved and steamrolled. And now, Darren, one of his roles is the area uh, education officer for the Eastern Area uh, District of Illinois, Tanlodge. And so my point being is that it's funny how you can just start something and you do this, you do that, and then that, and all of a sudden, you've just gained a lot of experience. You've gained confidence. You've gained skills. And I think it bodes well for one of the opportunities this fraternity offers that when you join, you may not even know that's what you're going to end up wanting to do. But all of a sudden, you just take advantage of the opportunities presented to you and you, you just you just grow. And so I've watched Darren grow as a presenter to, you know, somebody that used to just read off the slides and now he doesn't. He's, you know, presenting giving a well-articulated uh, talk. I think Darren's gifted in that. I think, at least my perception, Darren, is that writing comes fairly easy to you, and writing complex issues comes fairly e- easy to you, especially if you talk about esoteric and things like that. But yet, I think Darren has a unique talent uh, to bring those esoteric, deep topics back to such a level that, you know, the people at the Homer Lodge 199 can relate to them. And because, as you both know, with esoteric topics, you can go really deep or you stay at that, you know, surface level 
and try to get people in and say, oh, this is what that means, or this is how you relate to that symbol or, or this saying or whatever. So, Darren, that's that's how I've watched you grow, in addition to being my intern. But that's where I've seen you progress, is that ability to, you know, express your ideas first in writing, and then, then you've started doing presentations, and then now you've, you've got to hit the, the lecture circuit. So that, that's my observation, Darren. Well, I appreciate that, Greg. Uh, I, I mean, quite frankly, uh, I owe a lot of, of this to you, and, and we may joke about me being your intern, but you have been a mentor to me, and uh, you know, you are the one who encouraged me to write something for the Midnight Freemasons. And, uh, you know, it's funny with my 10 year anniversary, I've kind of been thinking about a question, a fellow Midnight uh, Freemason contributor, Randy Sanders asked about, you know, well, what have you done in this past decade? And, uh, and it's really kind of has made me uh, to think a little about, you know, my Masonic career thus far. And, uh, there are kind of like two halves, I'd say, you know, from 2011 to maybe 2017, you know, I didn't really do much. I went to Lodge. I'd show up for Scottish Rite. I think I joined High 12 by that point. But, you know, I, I was active in going to meetings, so on and so forth. But uh, I just read voraciously and everything I could get my hands on on the topic of Freemasonry. And I think that, that, you know, that that reading, in essence, prepared me to become a writer. But I would have never, ever thought to be a writer without your encouragement, Greg. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the highlights of my life, honestly, was and I recall we were on our way out to Washington to go to the 300th celebration that the Masonic Roundtable was having in June of 2017. And you mentioned to me that my article that uh, I had, my first article for Midnight Freemasons I had written as a guest contributor was featured on Once Came You. And I was, you know, blown away. I, I think I think I've told the story here uh when RJ was on, maybe not though, about uh, you know being an avid fan of of his podcast for a very long time, and this must have been twenty fifteen or sixteen because it was before I was involved with Midnight Freemasons. Didn't know RJ from Adam, but I saw him at a Starbucks uh, there in Springfield prior to the Grand Lodge convocation. And um, I remember fangirling so hard and I was like having this conversation with myself. Man, should I? That's RJ. That's Robert Johnson. Should I go? Should I go, you know, tell him how much I love the podcast? And I'm like, no, he probably gets that all the time. I'll just leave him alone. And and now, you know, he's one of my not only a Masonic inspiration, but uh, I'd say a, a great friend of mine as well. So it's it's just funny how how much uh, has changed in, in a very short amount of time for me. But uh, as I said, Greg, without your encouragement, you know, uh, none of this probably would have happened. So if anything, you were the the match to uh, ignite the uh, the powder keg. Thank you. And I'll just leave it at that. Bill. You know what's you know what's weird is that you know I <laughs> I don't know about you guys but when RJ reads something that you wrote for the Midnight Freemasons on Wednesday came you it's almost like that feeling like you know you've made it when he does that <laughs> it's uh, he just you know he's done several of mine but he, he just did it for um, he just this last weekend he wrote 
or he read something of mine on the, the show and it was just like, each time it's like, wow. You know, I, he's read that. He's read my thing. Wow, that's cool. And then it's like you said, they're listening. It's, oh, to me, it's like I don't even realize I wrote it. It's like, wow, that's like really good. You know, but it's just, it's almost like, man, I feel like I really made it. You know, sort of like they, the singers say when they hear their songs played on the radio. That's always the way I feel is like when, you know, I hear RJ read a piece of mine on, on When's Came You. <laughs> I agree with you, Bill. It's, you, you feel vindicated in a sense that, or validated would be the better word. That okay, you know, at least two people read it, myself and and RJ, and, uh, and you know, then when he's reading it over the air, it's like okay, well, yeah, that didn't that didn't sound too bad, you know, because and apparently it must have been good because otherwise he wouldn't have read it, right? Exactly, because you know, some of those pieces, you know, we, you know, Darren and Darren's our editor uh, for the Midnight Freemasons, and he never has enough material, and and I know Bill and I are probably behind and giving stuff to him, but, you know, all of a sudden it's like, okay, let me just get, to, I know i got to get something out. It comes off the top of my head, I bang it out, and I'm like, I don't even know if it's grammatically correct or whatever, and I think Darren tweaks a little bit sometimes, but it's funny when RJ reads it, it's like, yeah, yeah, that didn't sound too bad at all. It didn't sound too bad. It almost made sense. So, yep, I think you're right, Bill. Although this this last piece of mine, um, I did have a laugh because Darren tweaked mine. He says, instead of, I think I wrote something like, you know, you normally won't go up and make an argument you know nothing about. And then I said, unless you're a politician, that's a whole different story for a different time. But he, he changed it to, unless you're on social media, I'm like, well, that's probably a better idea to put that in yeah. anyway. <laughs> so. Sometimes I have to protect myself from being the only incendiary writer on the the blog, Bill. So you know, you're you stop trying to take my job. You're just afraid I'm going to mess up your Masonic jail cell. Well, I I'm just afraid that uh, you're not going to be a good cellmate, and I'll have to shank you. So I'm just trying to keep you out of jail. Well, I do appreciate that. But uh, I will say, speaking so, speaking of uh, the blog, since we're kind of talking about the blog, uh, to, to date, Bill, that call of service uh, article that you wrote back in August has 3,543 views. So I think you are, uh, for the year, the most viewed article that we've had on the blog for 2021. So congratulations on that. Wow, I, that's amazing. <laughs> that is really amazing. <laughs> uh, is is the uh, points in, points out still the number one most read story we've ever had? You know what? Give me a minute and I'll I'll see if I can figure that out for you. And for our listeners, points in, points out was written by Todd Creason a number of years ago. And it was talking about which way do you wear your Masonic ring? points in or points out and it's it's kind of become a running joke in the masonic social media circles about uh that though bill you know you you can see it posted sometimes and either people are new and haven't been around to see you know the discussion they'll they'll get in there and get serious well and you know the funny thing is is i'm just about ready to submit another story to darren about that same thing so he'll be tickled to see that here in a couple of weeks but <laughs> i have a new spin on it though hopefully he'll you appreciate me that. Okay, good. I was going to say, I just uh, I just looked up. Uh, all time, the number one 
posts on the blog with 127,000 views is the skull and crossbones in Freemasonry. You're doing it wrong. Uh, points, oh, wow. Points in or points out is fifth on the list. Wow. We've had some more since overtake it since the last time I heard. Well, so I guess now, Darren, you've got me curious. What are What is the top five overall? Then? So the top five are, as I mentioned, the skull and crossbones in Freemasonry. You're doing it wrong. Uh, and then uh, Billy Graham, Freemason or not, Ringling Brothers, The Six Lost Aprons, Donald J. Trump, Freemason or not, and Masonic Rings, Points In or Points Out. Very interesting. Those are the top five. Yeah. So probably our our Google search engine friends, when people are looking, that's how they're ending up on some of those, some of those I'm sure. Well, I will say since I'm uh, since I get to edit through all the crazy comments we got, uh, you know, I know that the Billy Graham one is very popular for whatever reason. I don't know why, but there are people that insist to this day, regardless of what Todd wrote in his article, that Billy Graham was a Freemason, and that there's nothing that nothing that we could say to convince them otherwise, and that we're, since we're Freemasons, we're just trying to protect. Uh, the secret that he's also Freemason and just, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously dumbing it down and making it much more tame than uh, yeah. <laughs> than it, yeah. Uh, really, really some of the comments here are, uh, are can be out there, so. And I'm sure he was part of the, uh, the illustrious Illuminati too, so. Uh, don't even get me started on, on those. So there you have it, the top five posts in the history of the Midnight Freemasons. I want to thank all our listeners for their continued support. And if you feel particularly generous this holiday season, I'd ask that you go out to Patreon and support our program. It'll help us get better equipment. Also help us deliver a fine quality product that we are hopefully delivering to you. would also say that if you're interested in writing for the Midnight Freemasons blog, drop me an email. Send me an article. Let me know. Uh, we're always looking for new talent, and we're always encouraging those writers that are unknown as of now to become known. So please, please reach out to me and drop me a line. For Bill and Greg, I wish you a happy holiday season, and thank you for listening to another episode of Meet, Act, and Part. Thank you for listening to Meet, Act, and Part. For more information about our show, visit our website at www.meetactandpart.com. While there, please consider supporting the show by sponsoring us on Patreon. Until we meet again, may we meet, act, and part.